You are listening to Future Net Zero, a platform to help businesses and the wider community improve our lives and our planet by achieving net zero. In this podcast, Future Net Zero founder Sumit Bose speaks with Colin Nicholl, Head of Business Planning at UK Power Networks. They discuss the challenges facing networks as we decentralise energy and the opportunities for businesses to get involved. Welcome to this podcast with one of our partners, UK Power Networks, and I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Colin Nicholl, Head of Planning there. Colin, how are you today? Very well, Simon. How are you? Yeah, not bad, not bad. To, to tell the, the listeners, what is, um, just very briefly give people who are not familiar with UK Power Networks what it, what it is, and then let's talk about what UK Power Networks view is on the net zero journey. So first of all, what is UKPN? Uh, UK Power Networks is the electricity uh, distribution network operator for London, the southeast and the east of England. So the way I tend to explain it to stakeholders when I'm talking to them, uh, if you draw a line from the wash uh, down to Littlehampton on the south coast, we operate the electricity network to the right of that line. So we cover everything from the very uh, super urban area of central London all the way through to the, uh, the very rural north Norfolk coast. And, and um, you know, for people who are listening, they will be fairly familiar what, what a DNO does, but just outline the, the job of, of a network operator. Yeah, so uh, we uh, operate, maintain and develop uh, the electricity infrastructure. So that's the, the cables, the overhead lines, the transformers that effectively get the power from the national grid to your house. Yeah. Now... Obviously, the big change that's happening in our electricity distribution system is, is you know, all part of our journey to decarbonize. And I know that UKPN has been uh, fairly robust in, in its um, outlook on that. What, what's the vision around net zero for your organization? I mean, UK Power Network sees its role as being a key facilitator of the country and the life and, and the area that we serve achieving net zero. Uh, we see ourselves playing a key role in uh, facilitating the decarbonisation of transport by accommodating, you know, electric vehicles onto our network. And also, you know, one of the key areas that we're now focusing on is how we help decarbonise the heat in our homes. So how we move away from gas to other forms of heating to help the country achieve its target of net zero by 2050. Yeah, and, and I suppose that's the thing, isn't it? We, we really look at it as a system that was built for big power coming down, as you say, lines, big yep. transmission lines, and then coming to our homes and, and our offices. And that's changing, isn't it? It is, and it's been changing for a while. I mean, I, I often reflect that back in 2010, there was very little solar generation. So, you know, the things that are now commonplace that we see on, you know, the houses or in the fields as you drive by them, solar panels, there was very little of that in 2010. 10 years later, we now have, you know, 13 gigawatts worth of solar generation connected to our network. Yeah. And to put that into context, that's the equivalent of four of the Hinkley Point nuclear sub or power stations that, you know, we're now looking to build in this country. So as an industry, you know, we've been at the, the forefront of that decarbonisation and we expect to be at the forefront of it going forward as well. I suppose the thing is you have to plan, don't you? I mean, as any organisation, you have to plan to see what demand will be. You know, London's always growing. London's population is far bigger than it was 20 years ago. There are far more cars. And now yeah. we're going to have more green 
forms of transport. We're going to have, as you say, the change from gas boilers. The government said by 2035 they want to get rid of them and get you know everyone going electric or something else. So what are your what are your sort of future scenarios about energy distribution? Can you talk us through some of those? Yeah, so what our distribution future energy scenarios are are three distinct decarbonisation pathways that we've modelled for uh, London, the southeast and the east of England. And uh, those three pathways are called, uh, the first one's called steady progression. And that's one where it, because of you know the economic circumstances we find ourselves in, the country you know is focusing hard on decarbonisation, but you know we don't quite get there, and it's effectively the counterfactual that, that we're looking at in terms of not quite achieving 2050. We then have two scenarios that are uh, achieve net zero by 2050. The first one's called engaged society, and in that view of the world, you know, the general public, consumers in general, are very focused on how they can help the country achieve net zero. So there's a high uptake of electric vehicles. People are prepared to change their heating system from their standard gas boiler to say something like a heat pump. They have solar PV on the roof. They're using, you know, domestic energy storage to help manage, you know, their power usage in their home. And importantly, they are actually, you know, using things like their smart meter and advanced, you know, uh, intelligence systems to effectively help manage the demand on the network. The third one we called green transformation, and this is more a, a more centralized view of how we decarbonize. So electric vehicles are still a big uh, part of that decarbonization route, but in terms of heat, uh, the country has decided to go down a hydrogen pathway. So we convert effectively all of the current gas boilers to hydrogen boilers, and we also see hydrogen playing a bigger role in transport, principally in the in the buses and HGV fleet. We also see more nuclear generation, more offshore wind, and more interconnection with Europe to help manage the power demand. It's very tricky for you as an organisation to know what we're going to do, aren't we? I mean, these are three good scenarios. Yeah. Um, you could say, you know, we don't know what's happening post-corona. We hope that we build back differently and we build back with this green agenda that people are talking about. But money could come to the fore. And you do get scenario one you talked about. Yeah. But the other two, they're both possible and they're both completely different. They because are. Because you, yeah, if you suddenly say oh, well, we're going to start using hydrogen, then we don't really need to do a massive change in the infrastructure. We just convert the pipes to take gas to, to hydrogen. But if you suddenly go, yeah, it's heat pumps, it's solar, it's massive battery. And I think you have yeah. a scenario where the energy demand would be the equivalent of another sort of is it 8 million homes for London or something like that that you plan. So how are you sitting between those, those, those sort of scenarios? Are you do you see what I'm saying? Are you trying to plan for all of them at the same time? Because that must be very difficult. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of the key things that we're doing because, you know, we are going to be, uh, you know, modelling both of those scenarios through our uh, our forecasting systems and how to understand what they mean for us as a network. And, you know, and that's critical and key for us as we come up to the next, you know, review of our business plan with our regulator Ofgem, so that, you know, we have considered, you know, what are the plausible views so that we can come up with, you know, what are the right investments that we need to make on our network to support the delivery of, of, 20, of net zero by 2050. Sure. I think it's also important to note across both scenarios, and it's, it's the one thing that we're seeing Mm. Uh, drive now is in both scenarios electrification of transport 
you know, is key. Yes. So while hydrogen we see playing a role in the green transformation, it's principally in the in the buses and the larger vehicles. You know, we're now seeing, you know, London is driving in terms of e electric vehicle uptake across the country. I think it has something like 4% of the total car stock, but 9% of all electric vehicles. So, you know, the, the work that people like the GLA are doing, or the Greater London Authority, I should say, are doing, in terms of incentivizing electric vehicles through things like the ultra low emission zone is helping drive that. And we only see that accelerating under both scenarios uh, yes. through the 2020s and onwards. I suppose this leads to the next question, which is obviously, you know, we, we talk about this and we talk about going local, right? I'll have solar panel and I want to sell my energy back to the grid. You'll have to help me facilitate that, all of that stuff. But a lot of it is in our houses, in our streets, so what are you doing to work with local authorities? Because that's where the infrastructure is. I mean, obviously people can see your vans everywhere and they go, oh God, they're digging up the roads. Well, if you're going to have yep. to do lots of charging points, you're going to have to dig up a lot of roads in lots of councils, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, actually stakeholder engagement has been vital in terms of us developing the scenarios. So we actually split it down into two stages. So the, the scenarios uh, when we developed them and we employed a specialist consultancy who were experts in, in this sort of modeling to help us. But once we developed those uh, scenarios, the first thing we did was actually take them and test them with some experts in the field. So for example, on our electric vehicle forecasts, we then took them to people like Tesla, you know, BP Charge Master, PodPoint, just to check that all those scenarios tied up with the way they thought the market was going to develop. And to be fair, they changed our scenarios. You know, they told us our low scenario for electric vehicles was actually too low and not credible. But they also told us that, you know, the take-up rate in the near term on our high scenario was actually too aggressive, given, you know, the availability of, you know, stock for electric vehicles in the market. Yeah. So, you know, those sorts of stakeholders really helped us refine and, you know, uh, build uh, credible scenarios. And the second you, stage sorry to interrupt, but yeah, just sorry, to you, in terms of planning, you, you now have to have a role in planning, don't you? Because if a local authority is going to say, well, yeah. there's new housing development there, we want it all to be all electric, and then we want charging points there, and then we're going to have some battery storage. Yep. Your, yeah, your team you now know, has to be part of all of that discussion. Yeah, and you know, the second part of the engagement that we did was actually to go around a number of the regional planning authorities, like the Greater London Authority, and we took them our scenarios and said, you know, based on what we can see happening in in your area, this is what we think the electric vehicle uptake is going to be, for example. And you know, they were very receptive of, you know, of the work that we had done. But one of the key bits that we wanted to, to say is how can we make this data useful to you? And the feedback we got from a number of them was about you know, the level of granularity that we provided in terms of you know, the forecasts that we produced. So, for, you know, typically we had produced things that focused on, you know, how these technologies looked at from an electrical network point of view and that sort of geographic area. But what the local authority said is, no, we want something that maps to, you know, the areas that, you know, we serve. So we uh, basically disaggregated all of our forecasts down to a standard uh, geographical classification called lower layer super output area. And that basically covers between 400 and 1200 homes. 
And what, what that allows the local planning authorities to do is then to group up our forecasts in a way that suits their needs. So you can group it up to local authority, you can group it up to county council, you can group it up to local enterprise partnership. So you can then see how many electric vehicles we think are going to be in your area. It's huge, isn't it? The infrastructure that we're going to have to build to decarbonise and decentralise. Yeah, I mean, we are, you know, the electricity network is actually at the centre of this decarbonisation journey. Mm. And, you know, that's why, you know, we are working very closely with, you know, our local planning authorities, because we want to understand, you know, what are their ambitions? How can we help them deliver their ambitions in terms of facilitating that decarbonisation? And you're right, you know, we will have to build infrastructure to support this. But the other thing that we're doing is, you know, we're looking at how we can use, you know, new technology to help us, you know, manage the demand on the network. So we only build the infrastructure that you need to build. Because the point that you bring out is, you know, we want to minimize the amount of time we have to dig the streets up because we know that causes, you know, issues for our customers. So, you know, we're looking at, uh, how we can buy services off a whole range of people uh, on how they manage their demand so that we can effectively pay them to manage their demand so that we don't have to build as much infrastructure. Yeah. And just recently, we, uh, we actually completed our largest ever flexibility tender where we bought you know, nearly 20 megawatts worth of demand response that you know, we will be able to call on over the coming years to help us manage you know, demand on the network. And we're running trials with our innovation team. You know, electric vehicles you know, are coming. You know, there's yeah. no doubt about it, electric vehicles are coming. And what we're doing is you know, running trials with our customers to understand how we, you know, help, you know, how we can use them to manage uh, uh, their uh, their charging demand to help us in terms of building the net, in terms of building infrastructure. Yeah, and I suppose <clears throat> the, the, before we end, I mean, the thing is that, you know, this is the key point: is do we need to build, or do we use technologies to make us use less, so you don't have to build as much? And I suppose that's something that every business will face now: is this this challenge of using less and then being smarter and then going actually this this is the vital bit that I might yeah. need. Yeah, I mean I think it's it's going to be a combination. Suma, you know, we are going to have to build more network. I don't think there's any getting away from that. Of but course. it's how we combine the building of that network with the use of smart technology to you know to build you know the only the network we need to build. And, and finally, to end with, for businesses there, I mean, this is what Future Net Zero is all about. It's about helping businesses to, to decarbonize. I suppose they would think of you as the people they just call when they need a connection. But you, you, you want to offer a bit more than that, don't you? You, you want to offer some help in planning for, for what they need. Yeah. So again, you know, we particularly, you know, the EV space is one we're very active in at the minute. So, you know, we do lots of work with, uh, a number of you know businesses in that in that field in terms of you know what is the best way for you to get a charge point connected and our focus very much uh, is about how we make it as simple for those businesses as possible to go through the process to get a charge point connected and recently we've rolled out our heat strategy where we'd like to do the same so that we can you know work with you know all of our consumers domestic and non-domestic to effectively you know help with that decarbonization of heat in the most effective way 
Excellent. Colin, thank you so much for your time and giving us Pleasure, some insight. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you. You have been listening to a Future Net Zero podcast along with our partner, UK Power Networks. This has been a promoted podcast. Thanks for listening to this Future Net Zero podcast. Please follow us on social media and subscribe to the website at www.futurenetzero.com. Future Net Zero. Better business, better planet.